to a Friday edition of the Week Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Yeah, two in one week. What's gotten into me? Well, I'm trying to keep a more normal schedule and uh, really want to say that I've been blown away by the number of people who emailed and said that they missed the podcast and they were glad that the podcast had returned. Um, I am really glad I'm over my cough. I can't promise you that I won't cough at all in this podcast, but um, it's just really humbling to know that people still look for it and uh, download it and subscribe to it. So thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. And I'll share some of the emails that I've gotten from you uh, as the show unfolds here. Not a ton to get to today, except there are some Ohio State headlines. And I have a faith portion of the podcast that uh, I want to share with you at the end, as we always do. I want to thank my friends at auiinfo.com, the health insurance brokerage in Cleveland that helps individuals and helps businesses cope with the challenges that are out there in the field of health insurance. They can answer your questions and they offer all their counsel, all their analysts, analysis rather, and all their insight free. You don't pay for it ever. Even if you're a business owner, you say, well, they're going to really stick it to me because I got 20 employees. No, they offer their analysis free because insurance companies want to do business with you. AUI gets paid by the insurance companies if you choose that particular company, whether as an individual or a business. I would highly suggest business owners let AUI design a survey to find out what your prospective employees want. A lot of them don't want health insurance. I know it seems weird because you and I want it. We got families. Single people, a lot of times they just want flexible hours or they want paid time off or they want to work from home or whatever. So it's a very challenging hiring environment and you may be offering things that employees don't really want or they don't want them as much as they want other things. So let auiinfo.com Figure that out for you. And if you're an individual, let them help you navigate healthcare.gov or figure out which health plan you should pick from several options that you might have, either as someone who's paying for your own or somebody who has a plan offered through your work. Okay, the big news today in sports is that the college football playoff contract has been extended for four more years at four teams. I like this because to me, Four teams is the perfect number in the playoff. I don't want every league champion in. I don't want a bunch of teams, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, in because we have a hard time getting a decent semifinal. And if you add bigger disparities in quality of teams in the semifinal, you're going to get more blowouts. Sure, you might get an upset now and then. You might get, you know, uh, a, a seven beating a ten. Uh, excuse me, a 10 beating a 7. You might get, um, if you had 12, you might get a 12 beating a 5. But not enough, and the blowouts are just going to be unwatchable. I find the semis unwatchable now a lot of the times. So I'm happy about this, but it does speak to the ineptitude of the people in charge of the playoff, that there's billions of dollars out there, and they can't figure out a way how to divvy it up fairly, I guess, or it's just too hard or whatever. Maybe they can't take a break from their summer vacations at posh resorts to figure it out. But I think that's a good thing. I'm happy about it. And I also like the uncertainty of beginning a year not positive your team's going to make the playoff. I like unbeaten seasons meaning something. I like once-beaten seasons putting you on the cusp, but but a twice beaten season so far at least keeping you out. I don't think a twice-beaten SEC champ would be out because that league is so tough, but we haven't had that yet. And so I like the four-team playoff. I think it's ideal. I love the speculation 
toward the end of a season. I wouldn't change it at all, so I'm a happy camper. But I know a lot of people want their team in every year, and there are a lot of schools like Notre Dame that if there were 12 teams in, they'd probably get in every year. Michigan would probably like to be in more often, and you know, when you get in, you got to actually play Michigan. But I just I don't I think you ought to have to win your conference, and I think that not every conference champ is capable. Like put a Pac-12 champ in a playoff, that's going to be ugly beyond ugly. So I just like it where it is, and hopefully it'll stay where it is. But it appears that it's going to stay where it is for four more years. Speaking of college football playoff, did you see the comments from Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith this week that he does not favor, in all cases, Ohio State playing a college football playoff game at home? Now, I know where he's coming from on this, that the way they're slinging it around now with C.J. Stroud and Ryan Day in charge that they want a fast track and an indoor game in Indianapolis guarantees that, and an outdoor game in Columbus in December doesn't necessarily guarantee that. But come on, man, toughen up. And by the way, who should Gene Smith be looking out for? I would certainly argue that the people Gene Smith should be looking out for are the fans who fund his multi-million dollar athletic program. And you're going to make them drive to Indianapolis for a playoff game as opposed to letting them play it at home? I think that is such a tone-deaf idea on his part. I just, I was like, what? I can't believe you said that. I can't believe, first of all, I guarantee you a politician like Gene didn't think that through and how that'll land on the Ohio State fan base. Sure, you want your team to win, but you get beat at home? Particularly, what are the odds you're going to get beat by a team that's a better cold-weather team than you? That's silly. An SEC team comes up here in December and beats you in Ohio Stadium? Well, then you got nothing to complain about, champ. So I just thought that was a crazy, crazy, crazy answer. But, but it wasn't the craziest answer Gene gave. The craziest answer that Gene gave was on the topic of name, image, and likeness compensation. Okay. Gene Smith thinks that the federal government should regulate name, image, and likeness with college athletes. Count me a no on that. Count me a no on the federal government getting involved in anything, anywhere. I want less federal government, not more. Does the DMV run smoothly? Does the Ohio Bureau of Unemployment run smoothly? Does anything run smoothly that the federal government gets its mitts on? And decides that it knows a better way how to do it. This is not an anti-Democrat take. This is not an anti-Republican take. Actually, it's both. It's an anti-politician take. What do you want to get paid for if you're an NCAA poobah? Do your job, please, and figure out a way to do name, image, and likeness in a way that the haves don't have a ginormous advantage over the have-nots. I don't have the answers, but you're not paying me $300,000 a year, or in Gene Smith's case, $2 million a year to have the answers. I don't think that it's right that Ohio State can do what Northwestern can't do, but this is the area the NCAA is supposed to be a specialist in. And I sure don't want any elected official 
trifling their time away, deciding whether a college athlete should make $100,000 a year or a million dollars a year. Let the marketplace run it. There's going to be some really bad, egregious name, image, and likeness deals here in the beginning of this new paradigm. There are. Do you think the company that paid Quinn Ewers a million dollars got their money's worth out of Quinn Ewers? I don't know. Maybe. But it's their money, and they can waste it or spend it or invest it or you know judiciously use it any way they want to. I don't want the Fed setting any caps. I don't want the Fed setting any minimums because you know what's going to enter into it. Racial quotas, gender quotas, excuse me, sexual quotas. There is no such thing as gender. All kinds of garbage like that. <clears throat> oh, we're going to have to make the women's volleyball player or the women's pistol shooter make as much as the quarterback. You really think that is fair? That'll cause everybody to drop out of the name, image, and likeness market. And then in an effort to make it more equitable, that's your word of the day, in all things, and in order to make it more equitable, you'll say advertisers who go, no thanks, if I have to pay for the crew member at Ohio State, the same amount I have to pay for the quarterback, no thanks. Do you think the federal government's going to take the position that, "Mm, sorry about it, crew member, a quarterback is worth more than you? No, they're not going to say that. So the less regulation of this you can get the better i don't mean i want no regulation because i don't think it's right that schools like texas with wealthy alums can establish you know sugar daddy funds and they can piecemeal it out for you know a hundred grand for every kid who signs with texas they got to find a way to stop that i just don't want the government involved in this i think it's a horrendously bad idea And, you know, if you've listened to me over the years, you know that I don't think Gene Smith is exactly the greatest athletic director, the biggest visionary. I think Gene exists in this really weird world where he's milking the system and has milked the system for every dollar he can. He has dodged being fired on merit for uh, an incredible amount of time. I joke with friends of mine that you hearken back to that March 2010 press conference where They busted Jim Trestle for his foreknowledge of the Tattoo Gate scandal before it became public. And Gordon Gee famously said, "Um, no, I'm not going to fire the coach. I just hope he doesn't fire me. If you would have told me then that Gene Smith would outlast Gordon Gee, tremendously popular as OSU president, Jim Trestle, tremendously popular as OSU coach, Urban Meyer, tremendously popular as OSU coach, that Gene Smith would outlast all of those guys, I would have taken that bet, and I would have lost. He is the survivor Buckeye Island. And uh, again, these two ideas I just talked about, OSU playing a quote-unquote home playoff game in Indianapolis and wanting the government to regulate and monitor and manage name, image, and likeness, I think those are two really bad ideas indicative of the fact that uh, Gene, for most of his career, has succeeded in not taking a position on anything because when he takes a position, uh, I find it very often not very well thought out, not very uh, not very manageable, not very sensible. So uh, with that, let me mention something that is very well thought out, very sensible, and that is your decision to go with my friends at Willis Spangler Starling as your attorney firm of choice. They are a great firm. They are wonderful people, trustworthy people, honorable people, 
And oh, by the way, really good, really good at what they do. This week I had a fundraiser on my radio show at 98.9 The Answer, and it was for a addiction recovery program, a Christ-centered addiction recovery program called Adult Teen Challenge Ohio. Phenomenal program. If you'd like to donate, you can donate throughout the rest of this week and weekend online at 9890answer.com. Anyway, I texted my friend Stan Willis, and I said, Stan, there's a program here that you we might be able to raise a little bit more money if you'd issue a corporate match. Stan, right off the top, issued a four-figure corporate match, meaning that if we raised X number of dollars in the four figures, he would match it. And, of course, he's going to match it whether we do or don't. But that's just the kind of people that are there, uh, amazing people. They've helped me with several situations. They have been so kind to help friends of mine who have called them. I can't recommend their expertise, acumen, character, integrity enough. Willis Spangler Starling online, willisattorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, willisattorneys.com. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just a little bit north of the Mill Run area. Great, great, great people. Check them out if you need an attorney. Wills, estate planning, probate, personal injury, employment law, social security disability, anything like that. Willis Spangler Starling. They are on Twitter at Spangler Willis. Their website is willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. All right, the Ohio State basketball team has a busy weekend. They play Iowa on Saturday afternoon, 2.30. And that's going to be a knife fight, figuratively, not literally. Iowa's good. Iowa scores a lot. Iowa lost Thursday night to Michigan at home, so they're going to be really, really desperate. Means crazy, grouchy, grumpy Fran McCaffrey's coming into Value City Arena, which, of course, a few years ago resulted in Fran McCaffrey not just F-bombing, but MF-bombing officials in the hallway while reporters were listening and then denying it. Yeah, mm, sure. Well, at any rate, uh, Fran is, uh, his kid plays, and his kid is um, not my favorite player in the Big Ten but they have uh, Keegan Murray, who's an outstanding player, and I think E.J. Liddell will end up guarding him. Maybe maybe Malachi, but I think Murray's too powerful for Malachi. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. E.J. Liddell wants to be Big Ten MVP. Chris Holtman wants him to be Big Ten MVP. At home, you got to outplay Keegan Murray. And you got to watch Brian Bohannon because he's a tremendous shooter. They've got good size, lots of length. They're good, good scorers, and they don't turn it over typically, although they turned it over sometimes, brain dead, against Michigan. That's a big win for Michigan on the road, and it'll make Iowa salty and Iowa much tougher to beat. Then, after that game, Saturday afternoon, Ohio State turns around and they play Indiana on Monday night. So, they will have played Minnesota Tuesday, Iowa on Saturday, and then Indiana on Monday. And this is because of, of course, the cancellations that they had. And uh, they had to agree to play these games. And you want to get them on the schedule. You don't want to go without them. Ohio State, by the way, now is tied in the loss column for first place in the Big Ten because Illinois got beat the other night by Rutgers. How is Rutgers doing this? I get how they're doing it at home. They're hacking everybody to death and getting away with it. But um, I can't imagine how Rutgers beat Illinois unless Illinois just, you know, totally tanked, which is possible. They do that at times. Uh, They're a supremely talented team, and nobody has a matchup for Kofi Coburn. 
But Rutgers beat them, so Illinois is now sitting there with four losses, 11 and four in the league. Wisconsin's 11 and four in the league. Purdue's 12 and four. Ohio State's nine and four. So we've played three fewer games than Purdue. We have the easiest schedule the rest of the way. We've got Michigan State at home. We've got at Illinois. Um, everybody else has to face a tougher deal than that. So if Ohio State can finish with five losses, because I'm presuming they're going to lose the game at Illinois, uh, I think they'll get a share of the title. Uh, I do. I do think they'll get a share of the title. It will. Uh, it's not guaranteed, but they should. They should be up there with um, with whoever's there if they win all but the Illinois game. Now they've got um, after Ohio State plays them on the twenty fourth. Illinois has got to go to Michigan, and their toughest game probably other than that is at Michigan State this weekend. Rutgers won. Rutgers didn't win at Illinois. They won at home. That's how they won that one. As for Wisconsin, who does Bucky the Badger have left? Bucky the Badger on the 20th has Michigan at home, at Minnesota, at Rutgers. So you figure Wisconsin's going to lose at Rutgers. And they got Purdue. They got Purdue. So they got Purdue and Rutgers to go. So you, that's why I think Purdue will lose a game. Although if they let Zach Eady get away with murder like he typically does, uh, that'll be a little bit different. Could Rutgers want run the table and finish with five losses? Man, would Ohio State love to have that come from a head loss to Rutgers back. Oh, inexcusable. No, no. Rutgers is not going to end with five losses because congratulations, Rutgers. You just beat Illinois at home and you beat Wisconsin on the road and you beat Ohio State and you beat Michigan State. Do you get a break now? You got Northwestern, Minnesota next? No. Rutgers has at Purdue, at Michigan, Wisconsin at home, at Indiana. They could lose one, two, three, or all four of those because Indiana is going to be working its little cream and crimson tail off to get into the NCAA tournament. Right now it's seven and eight and sixteen and nine. I of course hope they don't make it, but if it takes Rutgers down a notch and that helps Ohio State win the Big Ten, <clears throat> well then maybe it'd be okay with me. All right. That's the sports content on the podcast today. Let's transition into some emails. And I said we had people who uh, said welcome back. Linnea, welcome back. Just wanted you to know that I really missed your podcast, and I'm glad you're back. That's very kind. Thank you very much. Uh, Andy says, hello, Bruce. Just wanted to say welcome back. Missed your podcast. You're always illuminating opinions and commentary. Ooh, I don't know if I'm always illuminating, Andy. Sometimes I'm, uh, well, I mean, I'm very gl- grateful that you think that. Keep them coming. And Andy adds... I know three or four different folks that have added Hemisphere to their coffee habits. And I've told Andy, my buddy Andy, at Hemisphere, how much we appreciate you bringing them to us. Take care, my friend. Thank you so much, Andy. And I'm sure that Andy at Hemisphere appreciates that. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters gives you 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. WETACKLELIFE in all caps. And that's so kind of you to do that. And... uh I know that Hemisphere has been my longest-running sponsor. I'm thrilled to introduce them to you because, A, I know the coffee's phenomenal, and, B, I'm about ministry, man, and I'm about people taking the things they love to do, using it to spread the love of Christ in the world. That's what Paul Grace and Andy at Hemisphere do. They buy their coffee direct from growers in Ethiopia, Nicaragua, Thailand, 
Indonesia, and other countries around the world. They buy it in huge quantities, um, and they ship it all over the country, all over the world, because then that money they have purchased the coffee with goes directly to the grower, doesn't go through any government entities, so the grower gets more, and then the government, uh, excuse me, then the grower uh, circulates it in his local economy, and his Indonesian grower has planted 50 churches in that country. Now, don't think of like a church, like, you know, big church building on the corner. They're little tiny house churches in the little villages of Indonesia. But does God care if the souls are one to him in a huge church building with jumbotrons and fancy graphics and sound systems? No, he just wants people to know his love. And so that's what Hemisphere makes possible. And that's what you make possible when you buy from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use that promo code, we tackle life in all caps, and you'll get great coffee and be doing a great thing. George, my most loyal emailer, at least, maybe my most loyal listener, says, Bruce, I'm glad you're back feeling better, able to get back to doing things again. I thought you were probably sick when your podcast stopped. Yep, absolutely right. And George says, I hope your daughter's senior night went well. <clears throat> well, George, it went better than well. She tied her career high with 17 points and made five out of six threes. And I would love to see that kind of shooting touch return in the tournament. She has not been um, hitting lately, but she's been battling um, uh, a cold, uh, not COVID, just a sniffles. And uh, they play tonight. They play a second round tournament game tonight, and then they will play a third round game, hopefully Monday night. And that and the district final will be uh, real nail biters, but they are capable of winning it. And I'm just so grateful that she has had a memorable, fun, uh, enjoyable senior season, and uh, it's her first basketball season since her freshman year, and she ended up making second-team all-conference. So she's a really good little athlete and a better young lady, and I'm supremely proud of her, and I thank you for bringing her up. Uh, Final email from Matthew. He says, I'm glad you found the show format that works best for you. Uh, I don't know if he's talking about podcast or if he's talking about my news talk show at 98.9 The Answer, but Matthew says, I would notice when you were at WKNR that you would drop little nuggets that let your audience know where you stood on certain issues. I think I speak for the audience when I say that we appreciate you stepping out and stepping up to resonate with the Christian sports fan. Keep up the good work and get some rest. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that. Yes, my years at KNR were wonderful years. I loved my time at KNR. I did not love my time away from my family because, of course, when you work in Cleveland, you have to live away from your family. And I did that Monday through Friday and would come home on the weekends. My wife did an amazing job raising our kids who were little at that time. I felt like I needed to go to provide for the family. But actually, my wife was the one who said, you're going. Because I, on the eve of the day I had to make a decision, said, I can't do this. I can't be a good husband and a father not living at home seven days a week. And she said, no, we're going to do it for a year, and we're going to see how it goes. We ended up doing it for five years, three of which I lived in Cleveland. That's been a blessing. I met many great people. And I did take the opportunity when I could, Matthew, to share my faith on the air. One show that I remember in particular was the day that Jason Collins, NBA player, came out as homosexual. Chris Broussard of ESPN, who's also a believer and a friend of mine, Chris said that he was uh, sad for Jason Collins because he believed that he was living a life that put him at odds with how God says to live your life from a morality perspective. And my then partner on the air was very, very, very angry about that and was extremely angry that Chris Broussard said he felt like homosexuality was a sin. Uh, What Chris did not say, 
of course, is that homosexuality is a sin that's any worse in the eyes of God or any worse at all than any sin that me or Chris Broussard or you routinely commits, whether it's gluttony or gossip or bad language or whatever. We all fall short of God's standard of perfection. That's why we needed a Savior. And I use that opportunity to explain that Chris Broussard could not have answered that question any other way, or he would have been denying his faith before men. And Jesus says, whoever denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father in heaven. So I tried to take my uh, openings when my openings were there. I've been very impacted in my life by Chris and Stephanie Spielman. And they, uh, through their battle with breast cancer, through Steph's battle with breast cancer, had the uh, guiding principle, we will expose our faith to everyone. We will not impose it on anyone. Now you can say, well, you impose it on me because you're doing a faith thing in the middle of your, at the end of your podcast. Yes, yes, I am. This is, this is my podcast. There's an off button. There's an unsubscribe button. And this is my one, well, now two, because I can certainly do it on my radio show at 98.9 The Answer, 989 FM The Answer in Columbus, where I can view events of the day, political, environmental, social, cultural. I can view those events through the prism of my faith. And I enjoy that because... I feel like that's what God wants me to do at this point in my life. I've had my ups and downs professionally. I've been driven into the Word of God by adversity, searching for answers, searching for hope, searching for forgiveness, and searching for provision. And I feel like God used that season of my life to prepare me to talk through a biblical prism about events of the day. And so that is what I do, and that is what I will do here. And I really don't have any interest in just doing what I used to do, just covering sports and keeping my um, views through the prism of faith out of it because I think we're at a tipping point in our culture, in our country, where we need to encourage people to view things through their biblical prism. We are a dwindling number in the world, and those of us who have been impacted greatly by the love of Christ, and I have been, I cannot, I like, like, like the Bible says, I can't keep quiet. I can't keep quiet about it. I just can't. And I don't purport to do it perfectly. I'm still probably way too confrontational, probably way too intolerant of some people, or I state things awkwardly or inelegantly, but I'm coming at it because I've, I view the truth of God as something to be defended and uh, something that can transform our world. And I would not be uh, faithful to my Lord and Savior if I did not stand up for him and his truth. So in that regard, <clears throat> you say, wow, getting into the faith portion now, you've been doing a faith portion. Let me just say this. There's no point in your life where you have to be saved by, okay? God never turns his back on anyone. You cannot out his grace. Um, I've known people who've come to faith after enormous tragedies in their life as adults, where they've just cried out, come to the end of themselves. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, and you can choose Jesus as your Savior any day of your life. And at that point in time, once you come to the awareness that you need 
to be saved from your sins because you don't meet God's standard of perfection and no one does. As I've said many times, the right answer to Satan when he goes, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to be saved. The right answer is, you're right. I'm not good enough. I never could be good enough. Only Jesus was good enough. But I can claim his perfection as my own. That's what being born again is about. And when you enter into that new life, when you're freed of feeling unloved, not good enough, inadequate, you will be, when you're freed of that, you will be so tremendously engaged by the peace, overwhelmed by the peace that you will have, that to go back to your old ways will be so distasteful and unattractive and unappealing to you because you will realize that you are betraying the love of a Savior who died so you can have eternal life. You will want to live differently, to thank him, to be loyal to him, to share his gift of salvation with others and testify to what it's done to change your life. So when you arrive at that point where you're ready to have peace, know your eternal future is secure, not want to wallow around in sinful behavior anymore, that's when the Spirit of God has taken hold of you and has given you like a new GPS. I heard a guy, a friend of mine, Bruce Triplehorn, Bruce Triplehorn, if you ever have a chance to hear Bruce speak, do it. He's amazing. He said this past week, he said, we don't sin. Wait a minute, let me get this right. We No, he said this. We are not sinners because we sin. We are not sinners because we sin. We, uh, we sin because we are sinners. Okay, you get it? We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. In other words, you're made with that nature. It's in you. It's part of you. It's built into your DNA. Sinful man. You want to do what you shouldn't do. That's why Paul says, ah, how wretched I am. I The things I, the good I want to do, I don't do it. But the love of Christ frees you from that guilt. It frees you from that guilt. And I've been freed from that guilt. And I want you to be freed from that guilt. I want everybody to be freed from that guilt. So you don't do things so you can be saved. You do things and think certain ways and take certain positions on cultural issues because you've been saved. Being saved, if you're truly saved, changes you. Adrian Rogers, the late Adrian Rogers used to say, God does not change you so he can love you. He loves you so he can change you. And there's so much truth in that. So I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I hope my daughter wins her game so that I get to watch her again on Monday night because I love watching my daughter play, and I love seeing her smile. And it's um, really, really amazing to have children and to see them do well and excel. And I'm looking forward to her having a great college career, not in basketball, but in soccer. I'm a blessed man. I'm blessed to have this platform on 98.9 The Answer. I'm blessed to have this podcast platform. I'm blessed to have the friends I have, and I count you among my friends. So thank you for listening. Please patronize our sponsors, auiinfo.com, hemispherecoffeeroasters.com, promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps to get 15% off, and Willis Spangler Starling, attorneys, online, willisattorneys.com. Have a great weekend.